Let's go, focus, breathe. Now pull the thing up. Go, 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 up. You've got it, Rorden. You've got it. Stand, stand up! Welcome to the program. This is Under the Bar, the Clean Health Podcast yes, yes. with uh, Rawdon and Tom. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Hi, thanks for listening. We appreciate the downloadership. Things are going well on this end. Yes, we're up to, uh, was it 70,000? Did you give me that figure, 70,000 downloads, <laughs> Yeah, Tom? that's right, that's right. Mm. <coughs> it may have been 7,000, actually. It may well have been. Big show coming up today, Rawdon. Our special Big. guest is my current uh, master of pain. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Andre Benoit. He's been putting you through a little uh, pain. It's those, those rest periods, mate. They, they get you every time. Get you, I, I yeah. sort of come over and try to talk inappropriately. And, inappropriately. And you're like, you know, the clock's ticking. I've got to go. I've got to go. Next set. That's right. Sweating. That's right. Yep. So we'll have a chat with Andre Benoit about his training systems. He'll take us through how he approaches fat loss, the yep. mindset of nutrition, all this kind of stuff. It should be a fascinating chat. Also okay. on the program today, we're going to look at breaking the fat loss plateau. Ah. Sure, there are many of us out there who have started a bit of a fat loss routine, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, done a little bit of extra cardio, pulled the calories back, a little bit hungry all the time, everything's going well, and then after a period of time, and it's not a finite amount of time, it's different for every person, things just slow down a little bit. Yes. And uh, and Rawdon, surely the answer is to eat less and do more. Yeah, you you out-train the body. body, You're you're smarter than the body, Tom. That's right. That's not the case. No, it's not the case, and we'll... um, We'll give you some tips on how to break yeah. the, the fat loss. We might plateau. get one arm into a sleeve of the, the white lab coat. We're not going to put it fully on. We're not going to no. get too techy. No. Because you know we don't like to get too technical. But we'll give the listener a bit of a, a, a in-the-trenches type stuff and, and explain why uh, it's occurring and, and how the various ways you can overcome it. But uh, it's invariably anyone that, that has prepped for a show or a photo shoot or, or just try to lean up for, you know. Life. Life in general, yeah you would have hit a plateau and maybe your choices broke you out of that plateau but we'll give you a little bit of an insight into things you can do that's what we're looking at so that's on the show today and if we've got time we might chuck in a little study towards well the end. i've got a little one for you today tom it's great <laughs> we'll see Simple. if we get to it thanks ken righto rawdon the fat loss battle <sighs> it's funny because Losing fat for someone who's maybe 20 to 30% body fat mm. and then losing fat for someone who's perhaps 12 to mm. 15 or 16% body fat are two different approaches entirely. Yeah. Uh, there's different things going on, but for either person, eventually there can come that point of, a, I guess, a scale of diminishing returns from oh. their fat loss oh, efforts. Beautifully explained. <laughs> And I guess this all comes down to the under-eating, over-training loop, the cycle, yes. because there's, there's under-eating and there's over-training, right? And there's yeah. the planned caloric restriction, planned yes. over-training, and then yes. there's the, the more systemic yes. side of things where the body rolls along for a length of time and you don't actually realize mm. that, well, you have actually been under-feeding the metabolism for a, a, a length of time now and, yeah. and things are starting to slow down. Let's start off by explaining how the actual fat loss plateau happens. Yes, sure, sure. I mean, these are, again, down at Clean Health, some of the clientele that come in there, yeah, we will often come across, uh, and, and a lot of our listeners you know, may have done this before too, Tom, but 
they know that uh, they need to restrict calories. They know they need to take in less energy than what they require, and, and the body will obviously okay, burn fat to, to lean out. Uh, and they know training will also uh, reduce the energy you're um, taking in. So you know you can do it both ways: reduce calories or, or increase uh, training. Both ways will reduce caloric intake. You know they start well, and and, and things are going well, like you said, and and then. Um, over time it stops working and then they do more and more like you said and, and next thing you know you know they rock up at the at clean health and they've had uh, the last 24 months of, of eating a, a tin of tuna and some lettuce leaves you know three times a day and they're the type of clients that the metabolism has ramped down and they're the type of clients that you know it, it, it's going to be a, uh, a bit more of a journey to get out of that um, that metabolic uh, down-regulated state that they're in. It's not to say that, you know, I don't really like the term metabolic damage. It's not like things are irreparable. It's just a, a matter of time to improve things for them. And the issue, I guess, is, you know, the longer you've been in a caloric restriction, the more the body ramps down metabolism, the more things, you know, the body sort of digs its heels in and says, you know, you're not gonna feed me, so I'm gonna conserve as much energy as I can. And the way it does that, it slows down uh, metabolism so down regulates thyroid um, and of course the best source of energy is fat so let's yes. hold on to as much fat as we can very yeah, energy well, dense yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, starvation mode and, and the body's pretty smart you know it's, it's really really uh, you have to go up pretty early you know at 3.30am or something to really get the upper hand <laughs> on the body and belt out your cardio a few times a week it's uh, it's doable, but but yeah, all, all jokes aside, and that is the trick to, to coaching, I guess, especially these clients that, that you mentioned from 16 to to 12 percent on the on the biosig or or DEXA, but really it, it is magnified when you are talking about that 12 percent on DEXA down to six five uh, percent on DEXA comp, competition ready, then it really is uh, a game of. Yes. Um, you know, uh, trying to out trick the body, and it, the body's pretty clever. You know, many many years of evolution and. Uh, that's essentially what's happening. Yeah, there, there are hormones, leptin, ghrelin, and, and, and these sorts of things are, from a hormonal perspective, but, but essentially, to put it in layman's terms, that's what's happening. Metabolism right. slowing, no energy coming in, so it's going to uh, not expend any energy. And the more uh, cardio and, and uh, less calories that you eat, the, the worse the, the, the compounds. You know, exactly. Uh, worse and worse. So the weapon of choice that we often utilize down at the CHPC to trick the body into this state uh, of getting yes. super lean is, uh, is the refeed. Yes. Using a high caloric intake for, it might be just a meal or it could be a day, it could be a few yes. days, yeah. to really stimulate the metabolism, those hormones you mentioned particularly, yeah, uh, leptin, leptin so to get all those things back into balance where the body's then once again in a position to have another little burst of fat loss. Yeah, uh, and a couple of reasons you know, we want to talk about this. One is certainly from a physiological, this is what you're explaining then. You know, essentially you're trying to reset metabolism and, and tell the body that, hey, calories are coming in, ramp up thyroid, ramp up metabolism, we're back to normal now, let's go. Let's go back into fat burning mode. Uh, a few benefits, obviously psychologically that, you know, usually the refeed, uh, if you are reducing body fat, you know, you gotta create a, a caloric uh, deficit, like we said, through training and nutrition. And mm -hmm. I, I've spoken about this before, you know, one macronutrient that you can manipulate and, and still have performance in the gym, you know, still preserve muscle mass, you know, pr still preserve uh, hormones as much as you can. Fat and protein are those two macronutrients gonna help there, but the carbohydrates you can bring down. Yes. So when we refeed, you know, the leaner you are, the the more significant the refeed can be. Generally, that, that uh, a more obese client coming from 
you know, 26 down to, or, you know, 30% down to 26, you know, they need refeeds much less frequently. But the leaner you get, you know, some of my guys, you know, they might have a, a high carb uh, refeed day every three uh, three days depletion, one day refeed. Yep. You know, um, but you're going to reload glycogen stores, you know, reset metabolism. So physiologically, uh, you know, you're going to have a loaded energy for training. So it gives them a bit of a, a training boost, uh, especially... Um, bit of know, wind in the sails for those wind, next yeah, few workouts. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And you can actually program bigger movements or the body parts that they need to develop the most or maintain muscle the most. You can program uh, the other uh, the other side of the refeed yep. period, whether it's a, a, you know, a, a day or, or two days or three days. For example, one of my clients, uh, Maya, you've heard me talk about her before, Tom. She is depleting for a 10-day period uh, and she's going to refeed for three full days. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I guess okay. even when you're doing a, a more extensive refeed like that, I mean, even if the body does spill over a fraction and you, you come out of those three days a little softer, the, the, the longer-term benefit's going to far outstrip yeah. um, that acute little bit of fat loss that's yeah. come on from three full days of I eating. Think where some people go wrong is it's like, oh, you know, we don't want to put any fat on, so let's just give you a little little refit or a cheap meal. That It's just yeah. not enough. Depending on, it might be enough for some early stages of, of depletion, but... You know, physiologically, you do really need to give the body the, the sense that, that things are back to normal. You've got to trick it. you got to trick it, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know? And, and the, the other benefit I'm going to mention, obviously, is the psychological benefit, yes. Tom, which you're probably going to uh, mention then. So, you know, it gives the, okay, here's a scenario, 12-week prep or a 12-week fat loss journey, whatever you will. Okay, you're not going to get a, any sort of emotionally rewarding uh, food for 12 weeks. And compliance going to be very good? Nah. No. Are they going to actually follow up? Nah. Are they going to sneak food in when you're when you're you know not looking? Yeah, of course they are. Mm. However, okay, you're going to go two weeks. Then we're going to have a cheat meal. Oh, great, no worries. Two weeks, bam. Okay, now we're going to go for you know two weeks, another cheat meal, bam. And the, and, the, and the leaner they get, the more frequent they can actually have those refeed meals. I still like to avoid things that are going to irritate. Now, for again, talking about my clientele, they're going to avoid gluten and dairy. I just across the board, some of them can tolerate those things. But generally, in the latter stages of, of working with a client, you're going to know what, and they're going to know what foods uh, irritate and what they can get away with. So the guys that can have the gluten and dairy, they do, but generally most will avoid. Yep. You know, protein low for the refeed, carbohydrates high, and then, you know, you can actually um, intramuscular fat Fats, stores or yes, something exactly. you need to consider too. So you can actually get away with elevated insulin and elevated uh, fat in the early stages of a refeed and then I like to swap over to more carbs and low protein so general rule of thumb you would have heard me talk about I like protein fats together carb protein together I don't like to mix insulin and fats elevated I think that's uh, asking for trouble over time but yeah with a refeed meal sometimes the, the fat high fat high carbs can be very beneficial Tom so I think the, the trick is there Rod and what you're alluding to is the body needs to be in a deficit to lose fat yep. and the trick is just trying to cut the metabolism off at the pass and yeah. uh, and hit it just in time to keep things going yep. um, you mentioned a few of the systems that you've that you use I guess yeah. a more uh, entry-level system which can be used if you're starting the fat loss journey yeah. might be uh, six days in a simple 15 to 20 percent caloric deficit you can go low carb there if you'd like to yep. and then on day seven hit yourself up with a nice juicy surplus carbohydrates at every meal and maybe have some carbs and fats for the final one really yes. for a bit of that mental reward at the end of the day yeah other systems which i've used in the trenches in the trenches once you kind of exhaust that system is a a more significant depletion something that like you're talking about over a greater length of time or even more aggressive with the deficit and then also manipulating cardio and things like that 
hit him with a high glycogen day and there might be a, a high fat day as well uh, just to really load those uh, intramuscular fat stores that you oh. were talking about and all that you, kind of you, stuff. You slip into the white lab coat then. I didn't slip catch into, the, into the lab coat. Very nice. A couple of uh, tips and tricks just to think about. And if you are following the plan, say it's not hasn't been that aggressive and you're just getting a cheap meal from your coach well mm. make sure that the cheap meal is exactly that a meal exactly. and do, it doesn't spill over a for grazing frenzy grazing for the next five for hours multiple hours because you know I have been known to do that Tom I mean yes. I've mentioned the, the sultana and custard bath and other things that I ate over a two to three hour period but definitely one meal like you said and then if it's a refeed day that you've been given, yep. well, it's not actually an all-you-can-eat buffet cheat day. It's yeah. a refeed day. Yeah. And so they're obviously going to be clean meals. You know, I always think it, it makes sense to load the body with, with good uh, fuel rather than just crap food. But if the depletion or the, the emotional state of the, the individual warrants more of a dirty cheat, then, then I'd, I'd let them do that as well. But, you know, it depends on where you are in your, your fat loss journey or your preparations. Under the Bar, the Clean Health Podcast, yes. Andre Benoit on his way, but you've been pestering me all week about this interesting yes. little let me, study that you've been Let me get the piece of paper out, up your sleeve. I think, Well, sometimes I think with doing these studies, it's like, oh, pigs might fly. Yeah, wishy, you know, elephants might fly elephants through the gym. Elephants flying, sorry, yes. that's right, I, yes. I made a mistake. Occasionally there. you'll see an elephant fly around the gym, up Adductors down. chafing. Chafing, yes. <laughs> Rippling world-class uh, doctors, that's for sure. Listen, the the study this week. Look, let, Tom. Yes. Let me cut to the chase, mate. Yes. Do you uh, do you like drinking water? Well, Rod and I, uh, I love drinking water. I mean, uh, the body is at least sixty percent water. At least. The brain, I think, is about seventy percent water. Holy moly! The lungs, I think, around ninety percent water. <laughs> We've got at least two and a half liters of water to replenish each day. Okay. okay. And look, not to get, uh, I guess, uh, too esoteric in here, Rawdon, but there are. <sighs> Those leaders in the field of, um, I guess, yes. personal or spiritual development, which yep. would suggest that uh, water, being the great conductor of energy that it is, is the key to actually attracting abundance into your life, Rod. And the, more, okay. the better hydrated the individual, the more capacity to vibrate at a higher level and attract more abundance. Holy moly. Okay, a few reasons there to drink the water there, Tom. So, all right, cool. What I'm going to talk to you about today is a study that I came across. Listen to this, Tom. Mm-hmm. The effect of water-induced thermogenesis on body weight, body mass, index, and body composition of oh. overweight subjects. So, lab coats. Oh, no, mate. Well, you did slip on the, the lab coats, and it is off uh, PubMed, so it's a legitimate study. Yes. Um, you know, you can find it on there. Keywords, body composition, body mass index. Punch those in, and uh, this, this study will come up. But basically, um, looking at the drinking lots of water is commonly suggested as part of a weight loss regime. I mean, I yep. know you harp on, you know, make sure you drink your two to three, three to four litres, mm. uh, you know, uh, of water a day, alkalized and filtered like we have down at the CHPC ideally. But, yes. um, you know, uh, anyway, this study looked at, in this study, the effect of drinking just 1.5 litres, so not much. And, and let's be honest, a lot of people don't even drink that. Yeah. They might drink that in coffee a day, but that doesn't really, yeah, it's not, doesn't really cut it. So I'm talking just, just straight water. But the study looked at one and a half litres of water over and above the daily water intake on um, body weight. So normal water intake, then one and a half above that. So not a huge amount of water. The aim was to evaluate the role of drinking excessive water in weight reduction and body fat reductions of overweight subjects. Mm -hmm. 
So let me talk you through it. The study conducted on uh, 50 overweight girls for eight weeks during which they were instructed to drink 500 mils of water three times a day, half an hour before uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner above the normal water that they would drink. Yep. Body weight was measured, BMI calculated in weight in kilograms, so blah, 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 all the facts and figures there. Let me just cut down to the results, Tom, so it's quite interesting. So one. they did nothing else except add... Nothing... Yeah, nothing else 1.5 litres of water on yep. top of what they were doing every other day. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, interesting. All right, so you want me to... Maybe Surely they didn't lose any fat. Well, Tom, let me just uh, go down to the results here. Oh. So the, the average values of the pre-study and post-study body weight means, uh, mass index and body weight composition scores were 65.8. And 64.42, 26 and 26.7, and 26.1, so reductions there. 79 and down to 76 uh, millimeters there, respectively. Now, all three results were highly significant statistically. Conclusion I mean, I'm rattling off numbers there, and you don't really know what they all mean, but the decrease in body weight, body mass index, and body composition scores of overweight subjects at the end of the study period establishes the role of water induced thermogenesis in weight reduction of overweight subjects. Interesting. So, so, you know, let's just take the lab coat off, throw it into the, this corner there, Tom. The point is, from that study, keeping the body hydrated is a fundamental if fat loss or just general health is concerned. Yeah. So another argument there to make sure you increase the, the water to a respectable level, um, and that wasn't excessive. Mm. It's not to say that, you know, you drink double that, you know, 10 litres a day, you're going to get more fat loss. But the point is, when the body's hydrated, uh, fat loss and, uh, and fat reduction, fat mass was reduced. So, pretty cool. Under the Bar, the Clean Health Podcast with Rawdon and Tommy. Yep. Now, Rawdon, a couple of weeks ago, we, we've sort of alluded to our various paths yes. of training and um, mm. we've mm. dug ourselves into a hole which we just can't get out of it now. Yep, yep. Um, you know, halfway into my first lower body workout, I sat down in a pool yep. of sweat and I scratched my head and thought, can mm. I really do this for 16 yeah. weeks? What have you got yourself into? What have I got Touch my... of the Benoit. I mean, you're doing all sorts oh. of Milos-inspired giant sets. Yeah, and... give me a, a Benoit program any day. Though, I've right? got, got a sneaky little remedial workout in there as well, just quietly. Oh, fluffy remedial don't worry about that mate <laughs> Andre won't know I guess as personal trainers Rodan and I also see the value in yeah. getting training ourselves you know yeah. you're never too old or too experienced to learn from other people far more experienced than yourself yeah. and Rodan and I have uh, had a, a pick of all the coaches in the world pick someone you'd like to work with and, and Rodan's decided to go with Milos Sarchev yep and I chose uh, Andre Benoit. You did. And for those of you who aren't aware of Andre, he's an ex-Olympic athlete, which is a yep. pretty big tick in the box straight away there. Yes. He was also uh, an integral part of the, the Poliquin Performance Group when yep. Charles was at the helm there. And um, my first exposure to Andre was during a biosignature course in Toronto. And then he came out here to Australia to um, run the PICP certification. Yep. And I just really liked his philosophy with training. Actually, at that time, I thought, you know, it would be really nice to train with Andre one day. It's, yeah. all, it's all happening. Yeah. So we've got uh, Andre on the line from Calgary, I believe, yes. at the moment. Andre, uh, welcome to the program, mate. Thanks for your time. Thank you. It's an honor. It's an honor. <laughs> I always like to be under the bar. Yes. Yes. Yes, indeed, you do. Why don't we sort of go back to where it all started, Andre? You were a, a luge athlete, and that's where you, I guess, had your exposure to seriously well-structured resistance training. Can you give us a bit of a... 
an overview of your career and how you've worked yourself to the point where you are now. You run the Canadian Centre for Strength and Conditioning and sort of fill the gaps in between. Yeah. Well, I started, uh, I was always involved in sport. Uh, the two major sports I was involved when I was younger was uh, gymnastic and judo. And I think that was probably one of the best uh, base I could have had to, no, it helped me tremendously to go to the Olympics for sure, even though luge has nothing to do with, you know, directly with gymnastic or judo. Um, mind you, when you fall and lose, judo is always good. But yeah. um, I did this in 1982, for example, I cycled across Canada. That was my first long uh, cyclic aerobic workout. <laughs> so I took, took a plane from Montreal and I flew to Vancouver. And I, myself and four other friends, we cycled back to Montreal, which is approximately 4,400 and some kilometers. Really? It You're took, a madman. Yeah, it took 49 days. It was awesome. The one wow. of the best trip of my life. Was that just as a personal challenge? Yeah. Actually, you know what happens? The same thing as almost everything in my life. A friend of mine said, hey, Andre, uh, we need someone who's uh, above 18 as an adult. I was 19 then to accompany us to uh, go across Canada. Feel <laughs> like it? And I said, yeah, sure. <laughs> that was, that was, <laughs> was exactly how it happened. That was in, uh, that was in December. So I did some uh, fundraising money to buy myself a, a nice touring bike. There was no mountain bike then. So it was like a, yeah. basically a, a road bike with wider tires. And uh, raised some money. And then uh, June 24th, I was on a plane going to Vancouver, saying to myself, oof, maybe that was a mistake. And then, uh, but I, we did it. It was fun. It was one of the best, like I said, best trip of my life. Yeah. But it was, uh, but that's when I, the first time in my life that I realized that it's not, the biggest barrier is not physical, it's psychological. Yes. A lot of people were saying, oh, it must have been hard physically. Man, it was nothing physically, it's mentally. When you go across the prairies in Canada, there's a long, it's about 2,000 kilometers of prairies and it's long and windy and it's very, very uh, difficult. But uh, you, per, you, know, you persevere and then do it. And then 1984, I was watching the Olympics in 19, at the Sarajevo Olympic Games there. And then I was at home and my friend called and she said, hey, Andre, goes, I just saw a commercial on TV. If you're interested in any winter sport, to call Sports Canada and they'll help you out. And I was always intrigued, always wanted to do it. And that in Sarajevo, there was no men's singles Canadian athlete. Uh, sliding, so I said, "Oh, so I call for fun." They told me go to Sherbrooke, Quebec. There's a club. So I went there, tried lose on wheels, and then uh, just on my physical attribute, I guess I made the national team because I was the third fastest at the start in Canada, not the world in Canada, which is a different thing. But uh, anyway, so long story short, made the national team '84. Went to Europe after my first run ever in Eagles, Austria. I said, this is absolutely crazy. I hmm. want to go home. I didn't want to do really? it. I just said, this is nuts. And, uh, but anyway, I persevere again mentally and then push myself. And then I trained interesting things. I trained the wrong way from 84 to 88. Uh, I had injuries. I had a shoulder injury, chronic pain in a, uh, just before the Olympics. My back, I broke my back when I was 12 years old. I had a spondylolisthesis, 25% of my L4. And the doctors, after the Olympics 88, they said, we're going to fuse your L4, L5. And I was like, man, I'm not fusing anything. But, you know, I was 22. I didn't know too much about anything. Then that day, Charles came along as our strength coach. And uh, that's when I was uh, introduced to uh, 
uh, force into proper training with Charles. And I remember mm. his first structural balance. All he did was just standing. We did the, the clat test, and we would stand in front of him. That's it. That's where we started with. And his comments were in French, basically saying, "Oh my God, these guys are pathetic." <laughs> he would say out loud, "No, you know Charles. You know he's got yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. There's no filter." No. But uh, you know what? He stopped my shoulder pain in a month, and my back was feeling great after two months of training. And that's when I said to myself, whoa, 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 there's something here about this guy. He knows what he's talking about compared to the other coach we had before. Mm. So I had doctors, no specialists ready to operate on me. And then this guy, a freaking you know, kinesiologist comes in and he looks at us, do some flat tests and standing in front of him. And just from that, he was able to fix me. So nice. I, at the time I was studying to be a pilot and uh, no, needless to say, I never became a pilot. I just went, finished my phys ed degree and then became uh, basically a strength coach because of, uh, of Charles, because I, I saw he could do something uh, with being stronger. Yeah. That's when I, my career changed, basically. And uh, yeah, I've learned tons from him, but I've learned also a lot from other people. I was on really early in 1989, I started coaching people, high performance athlete right away. I never trained any general population until 1992, I think. Mm. And uh, but before that, from '89 to '92 was just high performance athlete, mm -hmm. and I had the chance of working, you know, and developing my own style and everything. And I had anywhere from NHL hockey players to rehab people. I had got guys from Alpine ski. Uh, they had some major knee injuries. I rehabbed them up and I strained them up, and then got him ready for the '98 Olympic Games. I got uh, speed skaters, uh, Nordic combine. And football, CFL football, many uh, a diversity of uh, of that. Uh, yeah, it track and field in there as well. That, uh, yeah, track and field, and then as much, you know, a, a bit of track and field. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I guess in a sport like uh, luge, Andre, it's not something which a lot of people would associate with strength training per se. But the net effect of it is, is that the start is so crucial to that sport. You know, like a couple of tenths of a second at the start translates into maybe three tenths of a second at the end, which translates into the difference between yeah. a gold or bronze medal or something like that. So the work that you did in the gym to optimize your performance uh, was absolutely crucial. Yeah, uh, luge is sitting down, you start sitting down, you pull with your arms and you paddle with your hands. So mine was all uh, upper back and uh, arms. If you're one-tenth behind at the start, it's three-tenths at the finish behind. So I know for some people it says they're saying one second are you kidding me but for us in luge it's if you're three tenths of a second at the end line is might as well not it's like you're doing uh, you're competing against guys that run a hundred meter on nine seconds and you're running at 11 seconds yeah. that's yeah. all that it's about similar to us for me it was all upper bodies that's why i could do you know good chin-ups and and everything it's, it's because uh, the chin-ups and the power clean had a really high correlation to our start Mm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that the apparently infamous uh, lats. lats. You, you flew around yes. the condor or the gym or something. No, the flying squirrel. <laughs> flying squirrel. <laughs> Mate, I tried to make it sound awesome. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah, I know. Condor, that's good. Sad. Flying squirrel, not so good. <laughs> but it's fine. Actually speaking, the flying squirrel has bigger lats than the condor. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as cool though, man. It's, that's what that's what was given me. Andre, the um predominantly upper body but did you obviously you still trained like training the lower body was still a significant part of what you did or, or you primarily just focused on on upper body 
No, no, it was, uh, we had to be balanced, uh, yeah. especially for me because of my low back uh, situation with my spondylolisthesis. Yeah. I, there's no way I could have had such a you know big massive lats and strong lats with weak glutes or yeah. legs because everything bounces out, eh? So we learned that later on in life. And actually, mm. Charles he knew that a long time ago. Yeah. And he made sure that uh, the only thing I had to be very careful for me was uh, mass gain. I had to be uh, I couldn't gain that much mass with my legs. Because I was doing doubles, and I would push Bob, my partner Bob Gasper, I would push him up too high, and we became really uh, non-efficient aerodynamically. So we would create a lot of turbulence behind us. Yep. So I had, had uh, strong legs still, but not too big. So uh, it was a it, it was a program designed just for basically relative strength. So as much strength as yep. possible, but as yep. little as mass as possible. Possibly. So then after uh, you retired from Luge Andre, I, I think then you. Yep. That's when you decided to chase a little bit of the the mass, mass and put a bit of size on, and you the and good stuff. Yep. From what I understand, you sort of put on about five to six kilos over. I think it was like a two year period. Um, I put seven, six point whatever, six point nine or six point eight kilos yep. of mass, mostly muscle. And some period of time there was some fat, but uh, that's kind of okay. leads into my next question, mate. So how do what did you do over that period of time to put on the mass and maintain body fat? Because that's like the big. The big thing that everyone the conundrum. It's the golden chalice, you know. How do we put on size without putting on fat? Oh, well, well it's easy. The, the fat is all nutrition. It's not the, yeah. the training doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter for hypertrophy, but I'm saying it won't. If you train properly, it won't make you fat. Yeah. It's your nutrition. You can say whatever you want about training, but uh, mm. at the end of the day, if you if you eat improperly, well, you'll get bad mass or you know fat gains. Uh, and it's and I've proven it <laughs> yeah. uh, as far as eating bad and then getting more fat and then eating properly and losing the fat and keeping the mass or increasing increasing in mass yeah lean lean mass lean mass yeah so obviously the training programs high uh, time and attention probably and variations there but primarily it was the nutrition that that plays that, that key role on uh, obviously increasing the raw materials for growth but then also for keeping the body fat levels in check. The, yeah, exactly. So the strength, the thing is with me, because I was strength so well between 88 and 92, and my base was so good, mm. is that I was able, my strength was great. Mm -hmm. uh, what I did not have was mass, so I just, and because I trained mostly relative strength to functional hypertrophy because of the need of my sport, yep. mm. uh, when I started doing this, the simple, basic, hypertrophy program I gain mass mm. yeah it was, uh, it's it only like later on in my life that uh, the sim this basic hypertrophy system did not work as well but that's to be expected and then yeah there's ways around it around that all but uh, at, the, at the time I didn't I did not know that but uh, for sure the basics because I never trained it the mm. basic hypertrophy system worked really well for me because it was it was shocking my system I never yeah. did reps above 25 or yeah. 15 reps before like it was rare with um like you spoke about uh having to maintain a certain weight was that since we're talking about nutrition and the significance of nutrition did you find that that you did have to keep a, a tight handle on nutrition to keep in the the right sort of weight for the luge or like nutrition no well yeah because okay so you have to go back so this was 1984 well 88 92 let's say yeah and then at the time i had no car so i was either cycling everywhere or work walking everywhere or running everywhere 
Right. So I could eat. If you ask me, were you counting your calories? No, I never ever counted my calories. Yeah, mm-hmm. not once. If you ask me, well, were you careful? Yeah, I was careful with what I was eating. Did I have a lot of cheat days? Yeah, but I could have. You know, in hindsight, I was able to do it because I was physical. Like, yeah. like I said, I had my first car. I was 27 years old, and <laughs> yeah. uh, so before that, I was I was cycling everywhere. Everywhere. Oh, I was on a pedal so, bike, and I, no matter where it was, I would pedal. Ski trip, snowboard on the back, ride to, to, to <laughs> no. Whistler. Okay, that, I had friends with cars, so if we went to the mountains, <laughs> then I would obviously take the car with them. But <laughs> going to university, I get the groceries, or going yeah. to my girlfriends, or going girlfriend. to Canada. Sorry, I only had one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah Susan. He only had one. Just yeah. Susan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then um, even in the winter, I had uh, mini chains for my. Uh, it sounds weird for you guys to hear this, but you could buy chains for your wheels on your pedal bike. Really? Yeah, yeah. There's you can buy stuff. <laughs> you could grip on yeah. the on the snow better. Awesome. So, so Andre, these days with the uh, Canadian Centre for Strength and Conditioning, do you sort of deal with a, a bit more general population? Oh yeah, the, the totally clients you general service? population. I have uh, okay. only five athletes hockey players that I work with that's mm-hmm. it. now they're gone the, the season's started so they're all gone but yep. the rest is all uh, like it's just changed so much since uh, like my last time I had my own center per se was 2005 and uh, I came here when I came back in Airdrie I started my training center here it was just like it's a totally different market for here yeah right so it's, uh, we're, we're dealing with the clients that you have now let's say you have a fat loss client that comes in what are your sort of fundamentals for achieving that goal initially what kind of system do you use well number one is nutrition yeah obviously it's uh, has to have to do with that and then uh, number two will be a, a programs I don't look just that we I don't, we all heard about the German body comp which works really really well but I play around more now. I do. A lot. I have a system uh, basically using energy system, strength training um, systems, if you want, or tra- resistance training or implements using energy system. And I use a lot of that. So it's like uh, best way of extending it would be modified strongman training. So it's kind of a circuit, but uh, yeah. with resistance, it's not CrossFit. And I'm not Ooh, bashing drop, drop, at all. Drop the sleeve on there. It's not uh, CrossFit. Uh, it's I'm very demanding with lifting technique yeah always 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 yeah. and then they have to do whatever implement they're using whether it's a prowler or a sled drag or barbell yeah. or whatever it is they have to uh, have proper technique at all time 100%. so and then I've, I'm, I'm getting really good results with it and I, I do obviously use German body comp once in a while but I rotate it around the different system that I use to achieve a goal and make it more interesting for the client and shocking their system in a smart way mm. and yep. so how often would you change training systems for a client to keep their body adapting to keep shocking their body and keep them mentally engaged oh it's the same thing it'll be about four six rotations yeah yeah so about every month every month or so change it up yeah 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 all right yeah so nutrition training energy system work fantastic what about some of those things that i guess poliquin to, to name names has sort of brought it to the forefront of, of what coaches and trainers look for you know looking mm-hmm. at sleep looking at uh, toxicity environmental toxicity uh, digestion those sorts of things are there some fundamentals that you always address first in that regard like managing stress for the client like what do you go to after that say your your nutrition you sort that out training well but there's still the, the client's not budging there's still issues there are, are you then yeah. uh, digging a bit deeper like what sort of uh, things do you look for then 
Okay, so my first goal is to change habits. Like, uh, just and the, the the simplest one is to train. So that's the first yeah. one. They gotta be able to come and train, and like and like liking to come and train. That's the first habit change. And you have your, I don't say nutrition first, even though it's one of the most important because nutrition sometimes it's really hard. Yeah, because yeah. they have their old habits, and I'm guilty of it too. You know, you like your M and M's, or you like your peanut <laughs> butter and jam sandwich, or you like whatever it is. Yeah, I'll do. be on. Love M and M's. But um, from that, I go train just to create a habit of them being active. That's for me. That's number one because it's easiest one or the one I have the I'll have the most influence on because yeah. it's one on one training or even if it's group training, they show up and they, I'm there. Sh- at them train see the effort they put in and so yeah. on i push them and i can influence that directly nutrition wise then it's it's all education some people it's really really easy because they want to there's you no know, intrinsically motivated so they're it's coming from them and they really want it that's yeah. the easiest people it's fantastic those that are having problem because they're hanging on their habits like i have a client for example he doesn't cook at all doesn't doesn't like cooking Neither, neither does his wife. So they eat in restaurants every night, every meal. Every meal. Really? Yeah. Wow. Every, yeah. Living the dream. $6,000 a month. I couldn't Ooh. believe it. I'm like, man, <laughs> give me half of that and I'll have someone cook for you. Yeah, that's but, right. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm changing that now. So I'm look, I look for someone to cook for him. Uh, yeah. So it's it's okay. habit, you know. But it's difficult because the, the guy likes, he likes going to, you know, his... Yeah, uh, his favorite restaurants and being served, and so. And with, with someone like that, people. who's who's got habits so deeply ingrained, do you just look at changing one thing at a time, or you know? Oh yeah, yeah, just small, small so, steps. So well, now we got him. Yeah. So first of all, like I said, it's education. So um, yeah. it's to educate that person to, because they want to have the body of a of a of a god, like a, or someone like like for example, this guy. He wants to be built. I said okay. I said, but you gotta like. You have to make some decision here. You cannot be built and lean if you eat what you eat. It ain't gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And I, you have to explain why. Now this is an extreme case. Some people are weak here, yep. but you always have to explain why. And you have to repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. Mm-hmm. So it's like training. It's the same thing as training. It's exposure. Yes. <laughs> so mm-hmm. for them to get results in training, you are you have to expose them to a stimulus or a training system mm-hmm. consistently and regularly. Well, nutrition, I find it's the same thing with some people. Uh, sometimes it's tiring, like to say the least, and it, you have to explain to them again and again and again why nutrition is so important, why you need to cook, why food should be coming as much as possible from some place that is, you know, there's less less chemicals, less, less, less uh, processed, yeah. growth hormone, what, all that stuff, you know. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you can't always eat like that, but the, if you can do it as much possible then it's better but definitely there's the biggest challenge in, is the nutrition once you've got the uh, nutrition in place Andre like Rodan was suggesting do you then delve a little bit deeper do you go into sleep and digestion and toxicity and all that kind of stuff oh yeah sleep is excessively important like I would say when I teach my courses now I say that the, the most two important supplements are nutrition and sleep Yes. And I've learned sleep to be, I've, in 1987, we had this course given to us by uh, the Canadian Olympic Committee here, the Alberta, sorry, Alberta Sport Council. And yeah. uh, this person came and talked about sleeping and, and just the basic. And even then they knew, you know, if you can't dream, if you don't have your REM sleep and so on, what it does, if you have 
extreme as far as extreme sleep, like doing sleeping really, really well and sleeping really, really, really bad. What two extremes of, of consequences? Yeah. And for sure, your sleep is primordial. That's where you regenerate. That's where you yeah. you fix all your injuries, or that's where you mostly fix your injuries. When it's when you sleep, and you can allow your body to recover. That's the best recover. Yeah, make make them gains while you're sleeping. Yeah, that's uh, that's what it is. Like people think, well. I'm okay with sleeping. The body will adapt to anything, you know? And then, again, it's a continuum of sleep. So, yes. if you, the more you sleep, though, they know for a fact, the more you sleep, the healthier you are. Yeah, I'm with so you. So, now yeah. your body will adapt. You can adapt to certain things, but if it has to adapt to a whole bunch of things, then you're not be, you're, you're not optimal anymore. So. Yeah, mate, I'm, I agree with you 100%. And we're having some renovations down at the CHPC and I'm going to tell Dane, Andre said we need to sleep more, so I'm going to try and get those uh, Google pods, you know, those pods that you can sit in and just have a snooze in between yeah. sessions. Uh, hopefully, uh, when you come out next year, we can have a few of those and we can have a bit yeah. of a sleep side by side back there, Andre. Are you saying, are you saying that you're sleeping at work? Well, hopefully, yeah. I'm pushing to do that, yeah. Well, mate, sometimes I do walk past Rawdon's uh, office and he's just having a little micro-sleep, nodding off for Micro-sleep, yeah. <laughs> the head will, will, will drop. It bounces Manny. back up suddenly as he looks Dane at the will computer. will pop his head in and uh, crack the whip and I'll get back yeah. to it, for sure. Um, while, we're, while we're talking about that and, and, and sleep and the other variables, awesome nutrition training, then sleep's fundamental. Uh, well, we can talk about, yeah, hydration, all that type of thing, but I wouldn't mind just... Um, touching the surface uh, in regards to blood chemistry um, having you know uh, you t- uh, taught me PRCP level 3 and we've spoken many times ha- how much do you utilize the, the blood chemistry uh, do you do that much with, uh, with what you're doing now with the general pop right now with the clients I have now no I haven't done blood profile at all yeah. and if I do if I do have to do it then I uh, I send it to my naturopath because he's way better than I am at it yep and uh, then they have a professional person that uh, will probably repeat what I say. Yeah. And then the client client says, "Oh, okay, because he said it, then it's right. It doesn't." Yeah. Because when you sometimes you, you know you can you can only go and say so many things so many times, and people yeah. start shutting off. Mm. Uh, it's always good to have somebody else do it. And I, I'm always I like to surround myself with people that are better than me in some areas, just because yeah. it's. Uh, it's again it, like I said it's, they hear it from somebody else so they it's always good to have other people say the same thing as you yeah. as you say sorry just because then the guy or the, the woman or the man will say oh okay so I guess Andre is not that full of crap you know okay so I guess because my naturopath is really really well uh, known his clinic is also very well known and good cool. reputation and they know when they go there he's a professional he knows what he's talking about and he's very good I was going to say, oh, cool. So predominantly with you, it, you, you look at the, the nutrition side of things, lifestyle habits, change habits, get them training more, and then if need be, you will refer out and, um, and you yeah. look at the blood chemistry from time to time. Awesome. Yeah, and it's not because uh, I don't want to. I don't want to touch that. What I like to, it's like, from, that, and that's from doing luge. Okay, so in our in our sport, if you if you're slow, you have to change one thing at a time because then you know if you change that one thing and you go be slower, then it was not the problem. No, it wasn't the problem. Yeah. If right. you go faster, change. But if you change a whole bunch of things, you don't know what made you faster. Yeah. So yeah. for me, I do the same philosophy with training. So I yeah. change. I, I start with the basics. I, I'm a huge, huge believer in basics because yeah, sometimes simple. just doing the basics solves so much issues yeah. without yeah. doing 
obsessive stuff. Yeah. So I go with the basics. And then if they stagnate, so if my client all of a sudden they stagnate, right off the bat, they have there's no results at all. Then I'll say, okay, I'll call my Trevor. I'll say, Trevor, you need to see this guy or this lady. Yeah. And we need some serious uh, blood work because there's some things screwy. Yeah. And uh, so that's the way I function. Uh, not everybody functions that way, but this is the way I prefer because then I know exactly what's going on. It's a bit of a longer process, yes, yeah. but personally, I know, okay, this is, I don't like to take guesses because sometimes it does work fantastic, mm. but sometimes things work and you know, it's, well, frick, what, what? This worked out all of a sudden. Exactly. Mm. I love so, that, Andre, that's and that's yeah. and that's what um, we fundamentally do down at, at the Clean Health is is in line with what you're saying there. Get all the basics right, get them moving, get those habits in place, and then uh, you know if things aren't aren't right and they are dotting their eyes, crossing the T's with with the training and nutrition, then you can start looking at, at at blood chemistry and things like that. And obviously, Dane has the yeah. skill set to interpret. So, but yeah, keep it simple. Got to get all the basics done first. Mm. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Let's um, move on to... The meat and nuts. We'll use me as a little bit of a case study for what you kind of do, mate. So I've started training with you and you've got me with a general preparation phase. So yeah. if someone contacts you and says, we've got 16 weeks to get me in shape, what sort of an overview for those 16 weeks are you looking at? And um, well, I guess, what have I got in store for myself yes. <laughs> over the next few well, months? Well, for, for you, Tom, it's, it's a bit different because you're you're not a beginner, so... It, Yes, it's a general preparation, but for you, it's not a general preparation that I would do with anybody. Yeah, I, yeah. It because you need some to view the program I gave you. You need some good basics yeah. because it's uh, like you saw. It's called Herd Two, so it's a system I can't help myself. But yeah. the the point behind it, you cannot have a beginner on this because they're gonna they're gonna just first of all, they might be able to do everything. They won't make the gains that. I'm expecting to get because they have uh, always compared uh, uh, at clients like uh, with engines. Yep. So you're at maybe a uh, you know V8, Ooh. a small V8, oh. and small block uh, shift. Yeah, but it goes all the way to uh, V12 diesel. So oh. there's, there's lots lots of uh, room to play there, buddy. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> broom broom. It's okay, Tom. Yeah. So that's where you're at. So you, I gave you a program to. The things I try to do is to challenge. For me, what I find, okay, personally, is that you must challenge the body some ways yeah. that will shock it, but without turning it off. So, uh, yeah, for me, looking at what you did in the past and so on, that's why I ask you all those questions. You know what you've done, type of training programs, yep. injuries, and so on. I said, okay, so I think you'll respond quite well to this, and then. Depending, for me, I have an idea what I'm going to do for the next 16 weeks. But depending on how yeah. re, you react with this one, how you answer your, how you, you know, progress with this one, sorry, the gains you make and and so on, yeah. then I'll be able to decide the rest of the of the six weeks. Yeah, right. The, I have system in mind, but there's a whole bunch of interchangeable yeah. pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do have a plan, but it's I know it's not what I have right now on my plan. Not what's going to happen. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, that's similar how I, I do things as well. I sort of we assess to see how that got a vague idea of what's going to happen over the time frame. But yeah. um, so with this phase that he, I mean I, I've been watching Tom and he is getting pretty beat up and those 75 second rest periods seem to come yeah. around like that and yeah. he's he's into the next set. Um, 
are you hoping that this actual phase uh, towards the end of this phase, the muscle starts going on, the body adapts, or you know, does it get beat up first, a little bit overtrained at the start, then it adapts and some some hypertrophy mm. before the end, or is it the, the coming out of this phase into the next phase you'll see growth? My expectation is that he should respond with this with some muscle mass, lean mass uh, gains. Yeah. Uh, depending how much he gains and how much he do, or how much he does not gain, uh, then I'll be able to uh, see and write the next phases behind that. But okay. uh, if he does a proper nutrition, uh, I think he will gain some mass uh, gains. So say like, say I mean why would I, I I could talk about this stuff all day. I, I I love it and hopefully our listeners do too. But say for example, you know he's uh, this phase he does put muscle mass on great but say he doesn't would you then look at his fatigue levels perhaps he's a bit overtrained and like you said his body's shut down a little bit or and would you look more comprehensively at his nutrition and suspect that the nutrition the calories weren't uh, at the right level or would you look at both those things? well that's what i'm gonna ask yeah exactly so at the end of, the, of this phase well before the end like the during during the last week of this phase yep i'll have a talk with tom and i'll ask him okay so what's your gains what's your and we'll see next week now. If he does not have any gain, then I will probably do some type of uh, functional hypertrophy, like, again, I'll have to look at it, but some yeah. type of functional hypertrophy workout next phase and yeah. see how he responds from there. Mm. And then, because depending, but I'm pretty sure from what I saw, you will you will gain some mass. If you, again, it all depends on, I will ask him, okay, so have you been sleeping okay? Yep. Are you, is yeah. your nutrition good? supplementation uh, did he have any whatever like if he was stressed out or he couldn't sleep or whatever well, then that could affect the, the well, program uh, unfortunately there's uh, working at clean health for Dave McDonald there's an associated uh, cortisol yes that uh, is always okay. through the, the flowing through our veins so yeah, yeah. He, he does have that okay. uh, obstacle. take it for granted that cortisol production is always high yes but sleep has okay. been pretty good and food's pretty good mm. okay yeah. okay well <laughs> And maybe you should tell uh, uh, Dane to get out of the gym for a week. Yeah. Well, he does. He, unfortunately, uh, clean health education is uh, moving forward in leaps and bounds. So he is okay. out jet-setting around the country uh, doing what he does best. So right. uh, yeah. we run the place when he's not there. So it's, uh, So we'll watch this space and I'll, um, I'll continue to send through the updates and we'll, uh, and we'll see how we go moving forward. So, Andre, you're, yeah. gonna, you're uh, coming out here to do um, yep. a, a few seminars and tours and things. So have you got that finalized, mate? What have you got in store for us? Almost like right now, we're looking at being in Australia and from end of February, February and beginning of April. So we'll probably do Sydney, Melbourne, and Gold Coast. Okay. And uh, right now, what I have in mind is my Hypertrophy Academy, and I'm developing a new course now. It's called the Strength Academy. Awesome. Yeah. So well, Hypertrophy Academy is basically learning about hypertrophy and then the systems, how I view it, and uh, for for beginner and also for advanced training because it's different ways of training. Yep. Uh, I yep. found that um, with uh, advanced people, and you'll see Tom what I do with you. So just uh, sometimes there's an orthodox method I use just because again I believe in shocking the system smartly though. Yep. But um, and then my the strength academy. I'm still developing it, but it's going to be more about obviously strength. But uh, the different strength systems and different like if you want to develop more power and speed yep. and so on, just to demystify the whole thing. Probably a three day course again. But so I might give both in Australia. Australia might be the first place I give both courses. First place and maybe the CHPC, the first place where you do both maybe. 
<laughs> Maybe, yeah, 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 yeah. Why not? Is, is that going to be uh, a mix of practical, like the the old PICP stuff, where you know well, practical component the, and uh, lectures? I don't do anything that's similar to PICP. That PICP was, I think, was a fantastic product, and it still is. But I'm not involved with that at all. Yeah. So no. the what I use is uh, my own twist to it, and uh, like I'll, many people say, well, you know, they, you were kind of a clone of Charles and so on. It's not that I was a clone; is I was I was teaching his stuff, so I had to teach his yeah. stuff. It was yeah. not the Andre Benoit principles; yeah. it was the Charles Poliquin principles. Yeah. And these again are not; it's not the Benoit principles. It's just basically how I, uh, in we you know with the high performance and general population. This is what I find great about me being with the general population again, is I can test things out again and. Do go through my own ways of, of, of. I find people, personal trainers and strength coaches, we get stuck in our in our systems. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and uh, what I do with the, for example, with the I strength the the strength uh, academy is just basically just demystify the whole thing because there's a lot of things like. You know, Nately is all the sports-specific training crap, and uh, <laughs> it's just like my God. You know, you keep it simple. It's no. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, Andre, because uh, I know from see, seeing you talk before and having chat many times, you know, it is about keeping things simple. So it sounds like it'll be the, the, the good basics, you know, really understand what um, hypertrophy is and, and, and what strength training is. But I wasn't yeah. suggesting like the PRCP. It was more, uh, yeah. was I, I was suggesting whether, you know, do, is it a practical component? Do we actually train We're as well? Workouts, and then, yeah. And, like, we have yeah, yeah, there's always together. training, yeah. But uh, yeah. I believe in exactly... The practical aspect of it, for sure. I think that, um, like I was in uh, well, in my courses and around the world. I lately I noticed that the, again the program design skills are somewhat <laughs> poor. They're not up to the expectation. I think, and, and, and again, it's not that my expectations are high. It's just I want people to see the different variation of how yeah. to write programs. And like again, we're stuck in our ways. You know, they learn one thing, they don't get out of it. And uh, um, so that's why the the hypertrophy academy. You actually you write programs. I mark. I don't mark them. I look at them and then I, I talk about them. what's going on and how do things differently to achieve better results or same mm. results with different different ways uh, going at it. And the strength academy will be the same thing. They will be writing a lot more programs and uh, just so that people can write them. And I know the, the interesting thing is that I have. Strength coaches or personal trainers that have been in the business for many, many years. And I say, you have to write a program, they get all discouraged. Yeah. I go, man, you should be happy. You get someone that can give you maybe a different, op, I know, different vision of things. Yeah. And they're yeah. just like, I, I the last place I was, like, you should have seen the people. They were saying, wow. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, come on. You know, I love the programming, Andre. I mean, I, I, I like getting that feedback like you're, you're going to get from Tom and and using that to influence, okay, okay, he's a bit over-tranquil, I'm going to drop off the volume, increase intensity a bit, um, yeah. and, you know, and, and looking at nutrition, manipulating those variables, maybe some supplementation to improve things. So, you know, I, uh, I, I that's what makes me tick. I love yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Mm. So that's yeah. why I try to give that's people just an opportunity to just, you know, own their skills and, and uh, yeah, learn. Mm. Basically, I'm still learning, frick. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm 52 years old and... And you look great for your age. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> no, I was going to say, um, just before we uh, wrap it up, and week of uh, in your training week, obviously, I would assume you're still training if you're if you're not too busy. What what does your week look like uh, in the gym, mate? Uh, actually, to be very honest, uh, my week right now looks exactly the same as Tom's. Oh, really? <laughs> Is that right? If it's yeah, good enough and I for was Andre. so sore. Okay, I'll tell you this, Tom. Yeah. I was so sore last week. I was like, man, I said, I hope he's as sore as it's I am because I'm sure I'm <laughs> suffering. But listen, it's my first, last week was my first week of training, mm. seriously, in four years. Awesome. Yeah, right. Well, what's I the motivation, was, uh, Andre? I think well, we inspired well, him, Tom. I have, to get a, I, I have enough excuses. I, I got to be, I'm done with excuses yeah. of saying, oh, you know, I don't want to train. I got family and I got... Mm. You know, uh, it's uh, it's just I, I have a symposium in Saskatoon, the Canadian String Symposium, and I'm I'm, I'm uh, one of the speakers, so, so I need to look a little bit more. You the part. The part. Yeah, yeah. I'm still strong. The one thing I want to say, like my base was so good, and I gotta thank Charles on this one. I, I was in the gym the other day, and I was just behind my training partner, who, who is 26. <laughs> so uh, I was like, wow, well, not too bad for an older man, eh? Mm. It's funny, Andre, because so. I know how anal you are about uh, tempos and rest periods and stuff like that. So I've really, that's one thing I've been very diligent on is making sure the tempos and the rest periods are spot on. <laughs> what it really does, it reminds me that it, when you actually do something properly, like four sets of nine on paper, doesn't actually look that hard. That, that, that looks all right. Yeah, I looked at it and said, easy yeah. peasy, Tom. What are you but, talking about? But it, it really, it's just so <laughs> draining to mm. take five yeah. seconds of rep with only 60 seconds rest in between sets. It's yeah. just... Mm. By the time you've done the, the first two exercises, it's like <laughs> looking for reprieve. Yeah, well, I, I think, Tom, uh, let's be honest, I think it, uh, you know, Andre's talking about what motivated him. Sure, he's got this thing just to look good, but I, I really yes. think it's you and I under the bar, Clean Health Podcast. I we approached so. him. We <laughs> said, look, mate, you're going to come on the podcast. You, you know, you got to walk the walk. And uh, he came out of his shell and uh, back in uh, under the bar, so to speak. And he said he, he does yeah. like to get under the bar at the start. So, yeah. look, we'll, we'll cop that on the chin, Andre. And thanks for the uh, the praise there for getting you motivated again, mate. <laughs> no problem. No, no, but you actually, you know what? To be honest, you do have a bit of a... When I was writing Tom's program, I'm like, man, I should, I gotta stop having excuses. But this <laughs> yeah. time, you know what? Now I can I can relate to my clients. Exactly. Yeah. Much better. Yeah. No things things yes. happen for a reason. You know. It's not like you and, competed at uh, the Olympic Games or anything. You know, it's not like you've proved yourself uh, time and time again. It's not but, like you've ridden a bike across Canada. Yeah, or, yeah, or anything like that. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Just <laughs> working out of Calgary. <laughs> awesome. But I, I still have to keep in in good shape, my son, because I want to be able to kick his ass. You know, when he's 14, 16 years old, I have to yeah. be able to, yeah. you know, just show the boss still. That's right, mate. So, Andre, is there anywhere where people can log on and check details for your tour or find out some more information? They can go on uh, on the, the uh, Facebook page, Canadian Centre for Strength and Conditioning, and also uh, CCSC, uh, the websites, www.ccscalgary.com. Righto, so, uh, right. Andre. Well, thanks very much for your time, yeah, mate. It's mate. a pleasure to talk to you, and we'll get you on again soon in a couple of weeks and uh, sure. touch base. Yeah, awesome, Andre. Thanks so much, mate. Well, thank you guys for uh, having me, and good work. Good job on this podcast, and good job <laughs> with your uh, center there. Thanks, buddy. You're a good, you, ma- good manager soon. there, Rodden. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> Asleep at the desk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> talk soon, mate. See, See you, Tom, and uh, we should talk this week, actually, for your training. Yep, all right, we'll do. All right. Okay, See mate. Bye. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Well, there he was, Andre Benoit. Touch of the Benoit. Touch of the Benoit. It's a pleasure to have him on, and uh, a fascinating guy. What, a, what an interesting story he had to tell. Riding uh, from one side of Canada to the other, yeah, very, yes. uh, very mad. Touch of the Benoit's definitely, but obviously for you, uh, close to home, you're working with him at the moment, and, yep. uh, and I've certainly. Uh, did PICP, my Poliquin International Certification Program. I did it with uh, Touch of the Benoit's there. My uh, level three uh, over in Rhode Island was uh, with, with, with Andre. And um, yeah, really, really awesome guy. And obviously that was conveyed with that interview. Really yeah, nice guy. Yeah, so he always has a, coming from an athletic background and, yeah. and I guess learning what he did from Charles Poliquin back in the yep. day, being trained by him for such a length of time and seeing the drastic effect that it has on his strength and performance his dedication to structural balance and you know picture perfect execution of exercise and, and technique is uh, mm. one of the takeaways there yeah um, a, lo- a lot of the um, the big names in, in an industry often talk about overcoming weaknesses uh, to build a better uh, physique and whether it be bodybuilding weak body parts for yeah. more aesthetics or athletic performance it really is essential to fix the weaknesses because it doesn't matter what you're doing with it hypertrophy fat loss you know if you have weaknesses be it muscle weaknesses that allow you to or don't allow you to press and and pull like you want to then obviously the numbers aren't there your percentages aren't there then you're not uh, getting the fat loss the hypertrophy that you want to so Mm. i really like the fact that andre actually prioritized that that structural balance and and sees that as equally important as, as everything else you do. Yeah, you mentioned fat loss there, Rudin. It's, uh, I guess, pleasing to hear that he also likes that modified strongman or, or energy systems. Yeah, mate, uh, he's yeah. probably uh, seen one of my uh, modified strongman sessions oh, yeah. down at the CHPC and he got a few ideas. Look, you know, I, I'm okay with that, you know. So, um, but yeah, obviously, all jokes aside, that stuff's the, that pretty tough, uh, yeah. sort of modified strongman training. But yeah, great really stimulus for fat loss, but then I guess the, nutritionally, everything's got to be in place there. And I think what he said about education for the client in terms of breaking those bad nutritional habits, really having yeah. them understand what they're trying to achieve and, and what's going on with the body, I think was, uh, was a good point as well. Yeah, and I, and I think, uh, again, you know, that's what we do at the CHPC, but down at... I know I certainly encourage all the other coaches to really have transparency with what they're doing, explaining why, but that you're doing different uh, nutritional protocols or strategies or different programming so they actually learn in the process too. So they exactly. they grow as a client. And uh, it was nice uh, this morning I actually had one of my clients, not that I get all warm and fuzzy, you know me, I'm pretty emotionless, Tom. Cold. Cold. One strike and you're out is my policy, but um, gone. Oof. Oof. Gonski, but uh, you know, he, he he actually said that he, you know, what we had been doing together, he was applying to his. A lot of my clients are uh, coaches themselves. Yes, you know, he's applying to his clients, and uh, he's finding that it's much more progressive with his own clientele and excellent. And they're um, sort of giving him a salute now when he gives them instructions and uh, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, very very good. good. Soon enough, he'll be cold and emotionless to them as well. I yes, think that's the key. Cold and emotionless. Give them and, nothing. And uh, eventually, when you become so cold and emotionless, you become club manager. Yeah. And that's how you climb the uh, the corporate ladder at the CHPC of Clean Health. <laughs> well, Gordon, there's uh, there's no shortage of water outside the Mate, studio, right, mate? Dogs. How are we going to get back down to the gym? We might have to order a, a, a taxi a and taxi. Uh, put it, it on the Dane's tab. It's <laughs> maybe get the. Uh, 
Elephants the, the, will fly. The Platinum uh, American Express out, and we'll have to whack it on that one, I Nice think. try. That has been the show. Andre Benoit, fascinating to have a chat with him. Touch and, the Benoits. Uh, I'll keep you posted on my training. And There's some photos being taken along the way, so they'll get... Oh, they're going to see the light of day. I'll see the light of day at some stage. All right. <laughs> Maybe mine with uh, Milos. Yeah. Very murky, those ones, I'll yeah, tell you. Yeah, aren't they? Um, breaking the fat loss plateau. It's all about, essentially... The amount of fat you lose is dependent on your metabolic capacity. So how yeah. healthy is the metabolism? How ready is it to lose fat? Yeah, I mean, that, look, obviously there's, there's tons of reasons why fat loss may uh, stump, but that is certainly one thing to consider is the, the downward the metabolism, the refeeds, and to reset things and, and get the, the fat loss train uh, choo-chooing along. If you've got any questions or any thoughts or suggestions about where you'd like the program to go, please feel free to email us at podcast at cleanhealth.com.au that has been an epi- another episode Rawdon thank you for your time thank you Tom Cameron thank you for your time thanks Cam thank you listeners thank, thank you ball you. boys thank you <laughs>